So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. I'm so glad you're here for another episode. I hope that you were paying attention this week. And if you weren't, make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode. Pay attention to this week to the layered emotions, the desire for alcohol that's only present because of the triggered um, emotional response, right? I mean, it's present for two things. One is the habituation of the chemical of alcohol in your body. Um, so that that's there, right? But, but it's because it's, it's, you're unaware of all the, of the actual emotion and what the actual emotion feels like in your body, because it just gets overridden. It goes from a to drinking so quickly that your body doesn't feel safe or you're actually, your mind is telling you you're not safe. Your body can handle so much. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the genius that is the mind and the body and how, how easily it habituates to something becoming normal, um, to being able to, to function with 
with some, maybe in an impairment, right? Maybe with one of our senses not fully working, right? There's, there's lots of people that don't have one of their senses that, that is functioning, um, or you wear glasses, or maybe you, um, lose a limb or you have a, an autoimmune disease, right? And when we have anything, and these are like pretty extreme examples, but the brain and the body is so amazing to adapt, right? For things to become normal that you almost can't imagine what life was like on the other side of it. And if you want to have like a less extreme example, you could think about, um, you know, like always wear, maybe like you had the wrong size shoes for a really long time and you finally invested in like a really nice pair of like, you know, something that you went and got sized for shoes and you put these shoes on and you got new insoles and you're like, Oh my God, what have I been missing out on? Right? Like your body got used to this one thing. And it happens in so many areas where we habituate and we just like, we don't, we don't even really know what we're missing until you're on the other side of it, or you've gotten used to something. And so it kind of happens in the reverse. This also can happen when we're really sick. Um, when I had COVID, um, at the end of last year, I felt so awful that every single problem that I thought I had, like all of my obsessive thinking was gone. And when I started to feel better, everything felt amazing. Like things that I don't really like to do, um, just (laughs) like the simple everyday things like cooking and cleaning. Um, I will tell you, I was the oldest of a single mom and I just like also like things really neat and tidy. So from a very young age, I've been cleaning a lot, not because I was made to, but because that's like kind of my nature. And so now I'm just not really into it. I actually, what was my, one of my first jobs ever, like 13 was house cleaning. So anyway, I'm very good at it, but I'm just so over it. But it was like amazing because I was up, right? Like my body was like back online and it was almost like I had forgotten how amazing it was. And it actually reminded me being sick with COVID and, and like being like under the covers in the dark kind of triggered for me a little bit of, um, that awful feeling of hiding from the sun, like what that felt like when you don't even want to be in the sun. And I love being in the sun and just like not be wanting to move. And I had kind of had a sensory memory of that, which is when I have any sort of sensory memory of like feeling of intoxication or dissociation or alcohol, it's very upsetting to me. It creates um, quite a bit of anxiety in my body. And I've had to work to remind myself that I'm in control now and um, I choose what goes in my body and all of those things. But there are some deeper layers on a cellular level, um, on a really deep subconscious level, and maybe even, you know, um, 
just genetic level of, of stuff I've experienced also because I've done a lot of deep energetic spiritual work that I think has triggered and released some of that, which is a good thing because I, I think it's a detoxification on a cellular level that's helped me to continue to evolve my knowledge of what's actually happening when we, when we drink, um, and to really look outside of the box and, um, take, take women on a deeper journey of really connecting to, you know, what I've referred to as the, their wild woman nature, their, their innate part of themselves. So it can go either way, right? Where you lose something and then you get it, get it back, or you become so used to not having something that you forget what it was like. And, um, and that, that becomes, you know, a normal, a normal part of your life and you learn how to work with it. The thing about alcohol is, is it's completely, it's a complete choice, right? Like no one's dumping alcohol down your throat. And I know there's probably a lot of people that would, um, argue that point, that it's not a choice. Um, and I do know that there are people, um, that would not drinking would be dangerous, right? Like it, it could kill them. Um, but there is still a process of detoxification where one could get out of that. I know people um, that have been in that place and that have come onto the other side of it. So when you get so used to something, it a state of being, right, which is normal everyday drinking, that your perception of, you know, what one or two drinks does to you is very dull, doesn't really exist anymore. And you're also not paying attention to it because you're just drinking all of the time. You notice that when there is an extreme or when you can't remember the next day, but I've also talked to people who kind of as the, the psyche evolves and as the body and the mind evolve and there's hormones and those things are shifting also that you your tolerance gets to a point where you're not even really noticing a shift. And I remember this actually, where you're not even noticing a shift like in your intoxication level, but then you're not remembering the next day. Right. And that's a pretty scary place to be. And so, you know, I can, um, look at this, this subject from all angles. And I do think it's important to not make excuses about it and to really normalize it but also very full, well knowing that there's a lot of extreme danger that comes with the substance, with our choices, with, um, it's with blacking out and not really having that gauge. Um, because I've worked with people that, and I remember this kind of at the end of my drinking, like I, like what was two going to do it or was 10 going to do it? And how was I going to know that that was actually happening? Right. Um, so but then that's so extreme that you're like, oh, the the one, the two, the three um, isn't having any impact on me. But I want to beg to differ because <laughs> what happens when we use the five shifts process and we look at that deeper layer of the emotions and we're actually paying attention and evaluating every single week what has shifted it's dramatic. And so I'll just give you a couple examples of 
what people tell me they notice the the um, the cost of alcohol. One of the biggest and you know kind of a scary one is blaming things on alcohol that are actually real problems to address, right? That you're so used to the effects of like a foggy morning and and just kind of um, headaches or tension or physical pain that there's actually an ailment underneath that that is not being addressed because you're just chalking it up to alcohol. And then when they remove alcohol, they realize that that thing is still there and they've been avoiding it because they've just been associating it with alcohol the entire time. Some other ways that this impacts um, is relationships where when people remove alcohol, the, the reason they were using alcohol unintentionally and without, without really realizing it is to quiet their mind that was telling them that this wasn't, this was no longer working. This was no longer okay. That relationships, um, and ones that, you know, can be outside of one's boundaries, potentially harmful that they are settling for because of the avoidance of their own needs, their own emotions, right? And so those are just a couple of like pretty big examples. Um, And then on a more not so dramatic level, there's, there confidence. There's this, their, the view of themselves, how they're interacting in social settings where because alcohol is so on the brain, they're missing out on interacting with, you know, other people that may be in the same place because they've been hanging out with the people that are drinking and they're focused on where their next drink is coming from. And thinking like, I don't have anything in common with those people and kind of um, just like shutting off that part of it as an option altogether. And then realizing those are the people they actually want to be in alignment with, right? Um, Overconsumption of goods, right? Overconsuming through purchasing, overconsuming food, over consuming things outside of yourself that when your when your body is in balance doesn't happen. So I just kind of want you to kind of take a little bit of an inventory and this isn't from a place of shame. Obviously, this is from a place of understanding and compassion to see, you know, what is the cost of alcohol in these other areas that you that you might not be noticing. And I'll go back to relationships. Relationships, the way that we spend time with our loved ones, the way that we spend time with our children. I remember very distinctly, and I know I've shared this on the show, um, tucking Emmett into bed when he was little and like having been drinking already and thinking, like wanting to like rush through tucking him in, wanting to rush through a story because I was like waiting to get back to my wine. And now I like fall asleep in bed with him. Sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about that. Of course, there's times where I'm like ready to get out of there um, just because I have other stuff to do or it's late. But, 
but like that was so on my brain that I really missed the moment. I um, ignored and missed like little ways that he grew or developed or my, my attention was so self-focused, right. That as a little boy, I'm like calling my name and wanting to me to pay attention to him. And I'm so much more aware of his needs now. And when he needs attention, um, and the relationship that we have with our, our spouses or our, you know, significant other, and a lot of times if there's there's a couple ways that this works where if you're either you're enabling and you're drinking together and so your intimacy has come through lowering your inhibitions together which was definitely the case with Matthew and I and so then there was like this need to be more vulnerable in certain areas when we were lowering our inhibitions and drinking then there was this reconfiguring of how do we come together in these, in these ways? Um, and thinking that it was like a catalyst for that, but realizing that it was not allowing our boundaries and our needs to really be spoken because it was just lowering our inhibitions so much to a point where, you know, like, no, there was no communication. Right. And that's not at least the relationship that I want. And then the other way is if you don't really drink with your partner, like if they're not really a drinker, because I've experienced both of these with clients, um, you're doing, you're just doing your own thing, right? Like in the evenings or whenever, like you're in your own little world, it's like party of one over here in the corner. Um, and there's definitely that disconnection because your consciousness, your state of consciousness is in a different place. Your dreams. I love to talk about dreams and kind of bucket list things, right? Now this is different for everyone and there's no right or wrong answer, but I believe that our dreams when we're, when we're drinking either a become, they feel impossible. They feel like those are for other people or we just stop dreaming and we settle and we settle for being in this one specific vibration all the time and not even really being able to fathom something outside of the realm of drinking, right? So then if you are doing things, there's alcohol involved, right? Vacations, traveling, um, wine, cruises, so on and so forth. And then I think the biggest one, and this it shows up in, in so, so, so many areas is your relationship with yourself. Um, and I believe our relationship with ourself is our relationship to spirit, is our relationship to the divine, is our connection to our life. How are we relating to ourselves? Is it on a kind of superficial achievement level or is it kind of uncovering um, why these things matter, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, like achievements are superficial, but is it just because, is it just to say that you did so or because you think you should be, 
right? And the way we show up for ourselves, doing what we say we're going to do, or do you reschedule appointments, cancel things a lot, sign up for the gym and quit, bail on people, right? And that, all of that is this integrity of how you want, how you show up for yourself is how you're going to show up in life. The way you spend time by yourself, the energy that you have, just that the vibrational frequency of connection to your life, meaning to your life, kind of looking a little bit deeper into what do I want out of this, this precious earth walk here in this body, right? Without judgment, without it having to be anything, because when we take a step outside of our human thoughts and our emotions and we, and we connect with the witness consciousness and more of, you know, the universal field, we realize that there's no problem. Like that is the place where all possibilities exist. And it's just our human, our human dramas that make everything such a, such a big deal. Um, but they're, but it's like, it's fun, right? It can be, they can, it can all be enjoyable. It can all just be another experience. But when we're hiding from life, when we're blacking out, right? We're so afraid to be ostracized and, and, our, and our body equates that to like death, right? When we go back to kind of a tribal mentality. But we're so afraid of that and we've believed that and held on to that so much that we're like literally missing all of life. So what I want you to question this week is what are the subtle impacts that alcohol has having on my life? What has it cost me? The things that I've signed up for, the things that I've wanted to do, the limitations I've put on myself, the fear, right? And that confidence of who you are continues to get buried because you're turning to alcohol as the solution for for every single emotion that you have. So last week's episode and this week's episode, of course, all of them kind of tie together. But when we have the thought that we're missing out, I want you to question, what if it's the opposite? What if drinking is really how you're missing out? What if drinking is the way that you're missing out on life? And from my perspective and from all of my clients that you've heard on the show, that is the truth, right? When we are not drinking is when we have access to everything, access to potential and access to the impossible when we are drinking is when we lose access mostly to ourselves, to the deeper layers of who we are and how we relate to the things that are the most important to us. So pick one thing this week and see and really, really, really pay attention and ask yourself, what would the impact of this one thing, maybe your job, maybe your kiddo, maybe your spouse, what would the impact of this one th- on this one thing be 
if alcohol wasn't in the way and really be honest with yourself. Like imagine if alcohol was out of the way, like what would happen? What I'm going to tell you is that a lot of it you can't even experience until you fully feel it. You feel the shift in your energy. You feel the shift in your confidence. You feel the shift in your pride of like, I don't need that. I just don't need that. It's not, it's not, it's not my vibe anymore. And that is the sweet spot. That is where you want to put all of your money. And I can guarantee you that you will never, ever want to go back. Have an amazing week. Hi, it's Mary Wagstaff. I want to personally invite you to spend one hour with me, one-on-one, because you deserve to know what's holding you back. It is your time. Alcohol has had its fair share. We're going to talk about possibilities, about how to align your thoughts and actions with your dreams and what matters most to you, about why alcohol is no longer suited for the life you want to live how you can get on the fast track to freedom from alcohol and stay there without deprivation. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule your complimentary call and get a new perspective on an old habit.
Hi, it's Mary Wagstaff. I want to personally invite you to spend one hour with me, one-on-one, because you deserve to know what's holding you back. It is your time. Alcohol has had its fair share. We're going to talk about possibilities, about how to align your thoughts and actions with your dreams and what matters most to you, about why alcohol is no longer suited for the life you want to live, how you can get on the fast track to freedom from alcohol and stay there without deprivation. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule your complimentary call and get a new perspective on an old habit.